0: This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? Hey. Guess what we're talking about? Prayer. <laughs> yeah, and with our special guest Onyx Ware.
1: Yeah, prayer. I mean, understanding a rule of life is you're you're creating a structure for yourself through which to embrace all of the divine. Right. So prayer. It makes has sense to be a part that prayer has to be a part of it. Yeah. Um.
0: And you're so listeners after what was it, 19 weeks?
1: 19, 20 weeks, something like
0: that. On prayer. You should be fully prepared for this
1: episode. <laughs> like. Yeah, this will be a really short episode, I think, because Ken takes like a very similar approach to what we took mm-hmm. with like giving people a menu of how to pray. Right. Now, Ken says something in the introduction to the section on prayer that, I think it's really good. He says, so he, his, the title of this chapter is Prayer, Deepening Your Friendship with God. We didn't talk about prayer in light of it being a friendship relationship very much. No, we didn't. We did at times, but that's how he sets it up. And he says, we are offered an immeasurable gift God, the creator of all things, the one who knows us better than anyone else and yet loves us more than anyone else, invites us to this friendship. Sharing time with God should never be seen as a duty. Mm. It's a get to, not a have to. Mm. A may, not a must. Yes. When my prayer life sucked, like when my prayer life was not good, prayer felt like a duty, an obligation, like something I had to do. Yeah. It wasn't life-giving. I, I wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. At times, I didn't feel like it was formidable. I felt like I was talking to myself. But as your prayer life grows and as your relationship with God progresses you really do find find yourself where Ken is suggesting we all should be, that prayer is not a have to, it's a I get to. Yeah. That's a radical perspective change. Right, yeah. If it's something you have to do, you do it haphazardly to check the box. Right. If it's something you get to do, you can't stop. Right. That perspective shift I really think is what's needed to embrace Paul's charge and Peter's char- uh, no, Paul's charge to pray without ceasing. Right. That if it's an obligation, something we must do or have to do we're not invested Right. right. It feels the equivalent, the best way I know how to describe it, the equivalent of it is busy work. Right. Nobody wants to do busy work. Nope. I don't want to do busy work. Nope. I hate busy work. I'm like, no, nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. But if I get to, I want to, I'm constantly longing for the thing that I want to do and I get to do. Yeah. And therefore, it makes sense that you find yourselves in positions where you pray without ceasing.
0: And how you get there is the menu, right? Because if you're constantly praying the same way all the time, right, wrong, or indifferent, you're probably going to get bored. Most likely. Uh, Which means you're not going to want to pray. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, remember, Ken is talking about this in a structure of a rule of life, and so he breaks it up, he's like, here's some ways that you can incorporate prayer into your rule. He's like, you can do it at a specific time, starting in the morning. Very common, right? You probably heard the narrative of a daily quiet time. You do it either in the morning or the evening. That's very fine. Sure. I mean... It works for a lot of people,
0: and remember when we went when we were talking about spiritual pathways. That's a, a very traditionalist kind of point to take, too. Yep, um, and lots of people do it, and it works, and it's formidable for them.
1: Yeah, there are also lots of people that it doesn't work, and it's not formidable for. It. Right. The interesting thing that I think, and these were a couple of the other episodes on prayer that I wanted to do that we didn't just because I felt like we needed to move on to something else was place and posture of prayer. Right. You can pray anywhere in the world. Yep. Doesn't matter. But there are some times where the place in which you pray impacts your prayer. Yeah. Praying in my house, praying in my bedroom Even every night when I say my prayers with my kids, those are very different experiences than praying outside or praying in a magnificent chapel. Yeah. A beautiful piece of architecture or praying, embracing, you know, looking at the Last Supper painting. Like, the place in which you pray can assist your prayers.
0: So... Think about this for a minute. Okay. This is something I've been thinking about a lot with all this talk about, like, space travel and stuff.
1: Okay. You've been following Elon. Yeah. Um. What would it be
0: like to pray in space?
1: Wow. I've never thought about it.
0: How crazy would that would be? Because we constantly talk about praying anywhere in the world what if you're not on earth? What is that like? I'm
1: sure that's pretty crazy. Cause you're also like, you don't have gravity. So you're not like you're floating. Mm -mm. Yeah, that would be pretty insane. Just
0: something I've been thinking about. I still think God would hear your prayers and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, it would it's just a different kind of experience that
1: Well and it, it would go into posture as well, right. right? Because our postures are dependent upon gravity. Right. There it's not. And posture of prayer has been a long, long, long Christian tradition. Yeah. Um I mean, what do Catholics do?
0: Kneel. Stand. Sit. And then kneel again.
1: <laughs> but even, even just in whenever they pray, they have an action that they mm. do.
0: So there's two different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, making the sign of the cross. Yep. Right.
1: That's a big one.
0: And then. Yep. Right. Yep. This is more for gospel readings, but still it's yep. the same thing, right? Um,
1: that would fall into posture. Yeah. Lots of patristic, patristic, Um, monks and desert fathers and and people of faith in the early centuries um, would kneel and lots of them would also not do the sign of the cross but put their arms out like they were on the cross. Right. Um, Because it it's a new dimension like it's extremely difficult For a person to imagine the amount of pain that Jesus goes through on the cross. Yeah. Putting your arms out helps you remember that as much as this is a sweet and savory moment, it's also one of pain and discomfort.
0: Because it was made possible via the cross.
1: This is the same reason why some traditions never move to grape juice in the Eucharist. Yeah. Because there's something about the bitterness of wine mm-hmm. that you just don't get in grapefruit.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, this is something that like, I'm going to be real vulnerable here for a second. Go ahead. I have felt, and maybe this is just me, right? But like the anti-Catholic thing mm. in, in evangelicalism. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a lot of beauty in making the sign of the cross when you pray. Mm, Yeah. I love it. And you know I do it. Yeah. Right? I don't... I just... I feel weird doing it in a corporate setting. You even do the Holy Trinity. I do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? I do do that. And if I'm praying by myself, typically, I make the sign of the cross. In a corporate setting, I feel weird because I feel like people are going to judge me because of the anti-Catholic thing. (laughs)
1: There's a a stigma about that, too.
0: Yeah. And I think that there is so much beauty in that and so much beauty in putting your arms out and praying Mm -hmm. like you're on the cross. Yeah. And we miss it because in evangelicalism, we don't know how to pray. Yeah. And we reject things that don't look like spontaneous prayer.
1: That is true. By and large, by and large, that is true. And the place and posture really, really matter. Um, As I just think over my own life, like place and posture really, really matter. Um, Now, it's not to say that you can't pray if you're in a position where you can't do place and posture, but Ken has a whole deal in here. It's like even just some slight rearranging Hmm. could make it a better place for prayer.
0: You know, a part of that, just the slight rearranging, um, sometimes I like to light a candle. Mm, Yeah. You know, when I pray. Yeah.
1: We really like candles around here. Yeah. You know?
0: And actually I light this exact candle and scent. Yeah. Right when I pray. Um just that that slight that light, you yeah. know, that natural yeah. kind of flame reminds me of Pentecost and, and you know, the Holy Spirit and all that.
1: Yeah. I do think the setting in which you're trying to pray matters. You know, lots of people put worship music on. Some people put instrumental music on. Some people will read their Bibles. They'll pray a psalm. Lots of people pray from a book like the Common Book of Prayer. I think all of those are helpful. I don't think any of those are wrong. If, if me. you find it helpful and advantageous, to for lack of a better way to put it set the mood yeah for your your times of
0: prayer yep.
1: who's to say that's wrong yeah um, pray
0: how you want to pray bro <laughs> like.
1: yeah like we we record all of these in my house and like we move stuff to record we mm-hmm. bring out all our equipment we move stuff around to to get the the set right it doesn't take long it's easy to move like once you get in the habit of it it and even just like maybe maybe you you know have a a corner in your room Mm. that you would like to have a dedicated place for prayer a chair and a table maybe a small bookshelf with some resources a candle that could that's that can be really game changing in your formation by having these dedicated places and postures of prayer. Yeah. We you know, we're talking about posture. Our dad has one of the craziest prayer postures I've ever seen in my life. Every morning, every single morning, this is what our father does. He wakes up. He gets his Protein shake and breakfast or whatever he does, yeah. And he goes and reads his Bible, whatever he's reading that day. And then he comes to his time of prayer.
0: And and what's crazy is he reads his Bible in his office.
1: Yep, he reads his Bible in his office, sitting at his desk.
0: And then he gets up when he's done reading, and he comes in the living room, Yep, and he sits in the corner.
1: So he turns on the fireplace. Oh, he Sometimes. Yeah, he does not always, but I see when him do When it's cold. It. Well, I see him do it more than he doesn't. Mm. Even because it's still dark outside most of the time when he's praying. Right. Because he gets up at like 5 a.m. or something. Yeah. And so he, a lot of times, will turn the fireplace on. He goes to the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. He does not go to the middle of the room right in front of the fireplace. Nope. He goes to the corner of the room. Yep. Nope. And most mornings... He always gets down on his knees and lays his face in his hands mm-hmm. on the floor.
0: And wraps himself in a blanket.
1: Most mornings, he wraps himself in a blanket. Um, if he's really hot, he won't. Right. And those are also the mornings he doesn't turn the fireplace right. on.
0: Right. But he'll wrap himself in a blanket. And I'm wondering if this continues with that same blanket for, you know, 10, 20 years, whatever. I wonder if that's going to turn into a... like. Paul's prayer prayer cloth.
1: cloth. Oh, I had not thought about that, but that's a really good point. And it goes to show like, you know, we, in the evangelical traditions, we don't like to call them relics because we don't, I mean, we're anti-Catholic, so we don't do the relic thing, but like there's scriptural basis for relics and Paul's prayer cloth is Is one. one of the examples. Yeah. That's a really good question. I had not thought about that, but we could all do that with tokens. Mm-hmm. So if you, maybe you're a person from 1990 and you have a rabbit's foot. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: maybe you carry around a coin or a something. special coin or, or a something. necklace or something. Oh, a
1: necklace is a good one. A ring. Yeah. Um there are all kinds of things like this that can enhance our moments of prayer. And that's where writing them into a rule of life really helps us because Ken, Ken has this statement and he says, God is present everywhere. We know that God's spirit dwells within us as followers of Jesus This means that prayer is less about looking for God and more about cultivating an ever-growing awareness of his presence. Mm. Finding a way to create a space where you're in the presence of God. It's almost like, Clayton, you have a great story about like, sometimes you just walk in a room and you feel the presence of God. I think you've told that story on this podcast, so... We're not going to tell it again. We won't tell it again, but there are definitely moments like that. And, you know, I watched the movie War Room a few months ago. And when the old lady sells the house, she ends up selling it to a preacher from Texas. And they're in this bedroom and the wife is talking to the realtor. And the pastor is walking in and out of this closet repeatedly just in and out and in and out and in and out finally his wife goes what are you doing <laughs> and he go he looks at her and goes somebody's been praying in this room he just knew prayer left its mark in that space in the same way you can do that in your own spaces so let's
0: let's do a thing real quick You ever walked into a room and felt evil? Mm Mm-hmm. But you've also walked into a room and felt goodness and Mm -hmm. restoration and light. Mm Mm-hmm. Power leaves a mark. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's good or bad. Mm Mm-hmm. But let me say this. The power of the light always overcomes
1: the power of the dark. That is the message
0: of hope. And so no matter the time or the place you can pray that darkness away. That is true.
1: That is very true.
0: Sorry, that was a little rabbit trail. but It's okay.
1: So about the rule of life, depending on your struggles with prayer will depend on how you write the rule for the prayer section of your rule. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling with place, then you need to write a rule for how you're going to create a place Mm. that you want to pray in. If you're struggling with posture, your rule needs to reflect that. And if you're struggling with creating time to pray, then your rule needs to create space for that. So maybe the answer is, hey, I'm going to pray three times a day for five minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe the answer is hey, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone and I'm going to do breath prayer 5 times throughout the day. Yep. Maybe it's setting an alarm and saying hey, I'm going to pray the hours every day or I'm going to pray the hours 3 days or whatever it is like the rule needs to offer you structure with wherever you're struggling in this part of your life. So for me, my the prayer section of my rule is that um, I'm going to pray the hours. I'm going to do breath prayer. At the end of the day, I'm going to do prayer of reflection or examine prayer. Um, and then f- Which we didn't talk about. Mm, did we not? I don't think so. Oh, well, maybe that's another one we need to talk about. Mm. And then um, three times a week. I do a prayer walk. Mm. And then um, three days a week, I try to carve out about 10 to 15 minutes to start the day in prayer. So that that's me. Mine, mine are much more about creating time. Yeah. Because I, I definitely have my menu of prayer and I know the things that work for me. For me, and old habits die hard. It's filling my schedule too much, yeah. to not leaving space for it.
0: Real quick, funny story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a, so you guys know I work for a community college. I was doing a classroom observation, <laughs> and so I'm in the middle of a class, just you know watching, and then my alarm goes off for my noon prayer, and I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and I was like, oh, dang it, yeah. That um, happened
1: to me. I was in a meeting uh, the other day, and my noon prayer went off, and I was like, I really can't stop right now. Yeah. I just, like, I was stuck. I, I
0: did a quick breath prayer because I was stressed out after that, <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I did a quick breath prayer.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it happens. So, as you're writing your rule, and please feel... Whoops. Ooh. It stuck to the... Please feel free, if you're writing your rule... And you're struggling, you can reach out to me and I can help you. I'm happy to send you my template of my rule or any of those kinds of things to assist you. You can also buy Ken's book because in the back of it, he has, I think it's like eight or nine different rules. He has uh, examples. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven different sample rule of lives.
0: Do you think that we could create like a Google Doc and um, put it in and put the link to it in the show notes?
1: Probably, but I don't want to do that because everybody's going to write their rule differently.
0: You no, know, Well, I mean like put a template. I right? know.
1: Okay. Everybody's going to use a different template. Like, some people might list it. Some people might group it by category. Some people might do it by day. Some other might do it by time periods. Some people even do grids. Mm. Like, every person is going to benefit from doing it their own way. Um, So, we could. I don't want to do that just because... I want people to have the freedom to do it. And I'd really like people to buy Ken's book so that they can see all his samples. Well, you need to do
0: that anyways.
1: Yeah. So, but if you are having trouble writing your rule of life, please reach out to me. Because if there's one thing I want, I want Wellhouse and the people of Wellhouse to be a people of prayer. Mm. We're never going to get that without rules of life for prayer.